Hey, this is Brienne. And this is Jessica. And you're listening to the Good Medicine Podcast. Today, we are, I guess, just having a chat. Um, yeah. We both just did a little breathwork session. It's Jessica's 30th birthday. Woo! Woo! I'm sure it's more than one of me, but <laughs> <laughs> I deeply appreciate it. Yeah, we're just um, here on a happy Sunday day just to mm-hmm. chat. So, yeah, welcome. The title will probably tell you a bit more about what we're talking about. We haven't really planned it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll figure out the title later. Yeah. And you'll be welcome. You'll, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know because you'll see it before you listen. So today we did, uh, what is the institute that hosts these free um, breathwork? Alchemy stuff? of Breathwork. Mm. It was, I, I didn't look into it very much because you've done it twice before. Twice, yeah. And this was my first time this Sunday, but I I was hoping it would be similar to the conscious breathwork workshops that I've gone to in person. And it was, and it was so incredible that he offers that for free. And you can tell in his voice that he's like, got a lot of wisdom. He's, I think today, I mean, every day that I've met him, I think he's such a beautiful human, but just, yeah, like he offers so many things for free. He also does like a breathwork. I found him when I was looking into potentially doing, becoming a breathwork facilitator and he offers a program there and he has these free breathwork sessions every Sunday. Um, well, I think it's, it's technically Saturday in England, but then Sunday over here. So it could be Saturday night or Sunday. Cause there's one at 9am in England and one at 5pm in England. Um, but I do it Sunday mornings and it's just such a gift. Like it just feels like such a gift that he dedicates every day, like that day, every day to just the community of people around him to share. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. It's 200 people on their Zoom chat this morning doing it. Yeah. yeah. Un- and at one point he said, like, if you're like, if you have like health problems at all and you can't do like the full breath, like let the energy of the group carry you. And you can yeah. actually feel that you're doing this with, all these other souls across the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's it was awesome I had uh I had the main thing that came up for me during this breath work and if you're not familiar with breath work it can be a lot like a psychedelic experience it can be a lot like a psychedelic experience um the main thing that kept coming up for me was hip pain uh feelings of fear feelings of like discomfort in my lower body and a recognition that I wasn't really allowing my chest to fill up mm-hmm. as much as I was allowing my lower diaphragm. But I I took like breaks. I took it really easy and I'm excited to do it again next Sunday and also just on my own. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like every experience I've had so far has been so different. My first two were really, really big. My first one was just I I relived all of my near-death experiences and it was like huge. I, I kind of discovered I was back into a depression and I discovered kind of, I refound my will to live all in a 30 minute breathwork session. It was so potent. I was hysterically crying. It was mad, like intense, um, but so good. And then my second one, I uh, came face to face with death and I saw all of, the people around me that have died and um they spoke to me and they showed me my current relationship with death they showed they showed me how my relationship needed to evolve and it was just this huge thing in coming to terms with death which is interesting because the inhale he explains the inhale is like your will to live and the exhale is like the letting go the surrender kind of like the life and the death in the breath mm-hmm. and the way he tells you to do the breath is to make it completely cyclical. So there's no pause between the in-breath and the out-breath. So it's like a perfect cycle. And in this breathwork session that I did today, it was really cool because I was, I didn't have a huge emotional release like I did the other two times, but I felt into, I was very uncomfortable, which I was for both of the other two times too, but it, this was like the theme of this session where I was so uncomfortable and I was squirming around and I was just like wanting 
to get deep, but then not wanting, like, just, I was just really noticing what discomfort was and all of the places in my life that I've been uncomfortable and how I sit with that. And the last song that he played was, um, actually it was a poem that by Rumi in a song, which is, I love Rumi. So I loved that. And I felt like it was singing right to me. I can't remember what it said now. I wrote it down in my journal, but um, basically the poem is just saying like a perfect reminder of it was like exactly where you are is exactly where you need to be. You're completely perfect as you are. And I just like had a big emotional release during that song where I realized that it's okay to sit in the discomfort and it's okay to not have you know, huge releases all the time and to, or to have huge, like, it's just everything that you're doing is exactly where you are and actually realizing the perfection of that. And it felt kind of cool. Yeah. I, (sighs) I remember hearing that song. It felt like a a call to like relax into what is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the beginning, because I remember how intense my first few Mm -hmm. uh, times were at a a place here in Calgary that does it yeah were like heavy heavy experiences where my and like you get what's called lobster claw hands sometimes when mm-hmm. you like really are oxygen your body like the energy is like pools into your hands and I think that has to do with like just like chi and like mm-hmm. those openings and entrances and if you're not if you don't know how to let it flow or relax but mm-hmm. uh I, I was I had these expectations that that was going to happen again I had expectations mm-hmm. that I was going to have like a visual experience and with him guiding I was like able to release all those expectations and just be like okay whatever is is and I recognized like with the amount of fear in my hips that like pushing through that and trying to get to like this visual state it's not going to be like that's not what this is about yeah so I'm just gonna take it easy roll onto my side if I need to take a few breaths come back in and I just was so gentle with myself about it today that I was really happy when it was done I was like okay like I didn't put pressure on myself Mm -hmm. I made sure that I felt cared for the whole time and wow it was great yeah that's so cool because that's it's interesting I, I see a lot of parallels in our experiences and then looking globally at the global experience it it makes so much sense right we're in the middle of a pandemic there's so much unknown there's so much fear there's so much discomfort and just mm. sitting with that and just being with what is and realizing the perfection of it. Jessica and I last night, we were having a phone chat and um, Devil's Club, a plant ally of mine came and, and was talking to both of us about our purpose and our path. And she gave us so much wisdom, actually, when I reflect back on it, she told us so much. And it was really, um, it brought me a lot of peace. And it made me realize just what I need to be doing right now during this pandemic is just having complete trust and knowing that I am exactly where I need to be and what is I need like what I'm craving what I'm desiring to unfold will and I just have to wait and trust yeah <sighs> and and you do what you can yes I do I want to talk about the uh the experience that I had mm-hmm. at the grocery store just because we yeah were yeah so I still currently have like an air cast for my foot when I'm mm-hmm. out and about but it doesn't hurt uh so but if someone were to look at me walking on the grocery store with a basket that's way too full of heavy shit mm-hmm. with an air cast yeah they do offer help so I was walking and this man walked by and he made eye contact this wonderfully tall giant teddy bear of a man and uh, he circled back around and asked me to take my headphones off and was like very quiet and, and soft-spoken and was like, I like pointed to my air cast. He's like, do you want me to carry your basket? Like I can help you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I'm okay. And, and on, all honesty, like my shoulder was in pain because I had so much <laughs> shit in this basket. So you had to get kombucha. You gotta get that kombucha. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I said no about three times to him and he was like, okay, okay. And then he walked away. The second I walked out of the store, there was a man sitting outside asking for food or money donations. It clearly really down on his luck, a little lost soul. And uh, 
it just didn't even hit me to say no at all. I was like a hundred percent dropped my bags, got a bunch of food out for him and gave it to him. And I was thinking like, so easily giving help. Mm -hmm. So hesitant to accept help. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge aspect of like the work. And even when it comes to like not putting so much pressure on myself during this time of like fear that everyone's in, uh, I feel like I'm not doing enough to help, but helping myself is also relaxing and like accepting this gift of solitude. Yes. Yes. That is so true. It's so interesting how many of us struggle with accepting help yet we give so much and if you see ourselves like when we see ourselves as like a system if we're giving and giving and giving but we're never receiving we're just emptying ourselves we're emptying ourselves of our light and we're not sustaining it and I think that's it's interesting there are so many things coming up for me about this pandemic a big one is just distraction and how this is kind of a global I mean it's just trying to bring us all present and get us away from all of the things that we do in our day-to-day lives to distract ourselves but it's also Mm -hmm. yeah that solitude is so powerful for realizing like okay I need to take care of myself that's what I need to be doing right now and like how much we squirm when we're in that kind of place where we could be receiving help or could be even giving ourselves help like the amount of things I will do to avoid feeding myself a meal or, you know, just, just watching a TV show or just rest. Like so many things come through my mind about not wanting to take things for granted, not wanting, you know, to be selfish, not like so many different things when the universe and everything, like the people you love, everybody just wants you to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean they should or fuck them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's not yeah. true lots of people don't want you to take care of yourself but those people yeah. are leeches and yeah a lot of people want to take advantage but it's mm-hmm. also because they don't know how to take care of themselves yeah yeah like it all comes back to that it, it's uh the biggest cliche yes. is the truest statement ever I love cliches you cannot love someone else fully if you do not love yourself. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It isn't even like you should give yourself a face mask. It's like, especially <laughs> with that, that last relationship that I was in, being with that person, mm-hmm. in order to be with that person, I had to not love myself. So was it love yeah. at all? Right. If, if being with that person and engaging with them meant I had to not love myself. That I think that, yeah. that if you're involved with anyone that makes you feel like in order to meet their needs, you need to sacrifice your own and withhold love from yourself, mm-hmm. it's not right. Yeah, no, so true. It's been a lot of, I think that this solitude and like the, the self-imposed quarantine that I put myself in when I hurt my foot have mm-hmm. just unfolded. Like I could mentally think about the dynamic that I was in and say like oh that wasn't healthy but now I've like felt it if yeah. that makes sense that like does I've, make sense I felt it and any <laughs> anytime I've like been wishy-washy about it at all the universe steps up and it's like here like the other day I was feeling like slightly nostalgic and a bit lonely and kind of wishy-washy and I put on the Guys We Fucked podcast and mm-hmm. their intro this month, which is an amazing podcast if you haven't listened to it, but their intro this month was uh, people writing in about this, the stupidest things they forgave. And it was all women forgiving exact same behaviors that I was dealing with in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. And it was like 10 different stories of girls being like, <laughs> for five years I put up with that, 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 that. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit thanks universe (laughs) needed that (sighs) yeah man yeah this world is wild I mean it's 
interesting. Last night, me and Jess also did um, a bit of channeling of some of her ancestors. And an interesting so piece cool. that came forward, that was really cool. Um, <laughs> an interesting piece that came forward was, I, I, I really learned how <laughs> she's showing me her grandfather's necklace. Her grandfather showed me a necklace um, that she owns that she should use to call on him. And then it's that necklace mm-hmm. and she's wearing it right now. It's so yeah. funny. Cause I didn't, I didn't know she owns that necklace, but he showed it. Yeah. And then for, for Brienne, he kept showing her a purple ocean. Yeah. And this necklace is an amethyst that I got on the ocean mm. uh, <laughs> from a, from a wonderful jewelry maker in Columbia. And it's a beautiful dark purple. Yeah. So oh. it was just amazing. That, so like, perfect. That's before so he cool. even mentioned the necklace, he was showing you like, purplish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so cool so cool something that I learned from speaking to your ancestors was ancestral trauma and how that carries on and how when we choose I think we're all raised and conditioned in a certain way and there's always improvement there's always things you might want to change and when you make those changes you're not, because time isn't linear, you're not just changing it for yourself. You're changing it for your entire timeline. So when you take something and you shift it and you, you keep with that new trajectory, now you're shifting the trajectory of all of the generations to come and you're freeing all of your ancestors from that aspect, from the past. Mm-hmm. Because it's really interesting when you speak to spirits, there's this, there, there's this really human quality to them where like they're still carrying the pain and the things that they had in their living state, but you mm-hmm. can, you can free them from that. And that's not necessarily like you, like you have to do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else, but it's this interesting um, dynamic at play. And it was cool with you, Jess, because we spoke to three of your ancestors and one of them I mean, more than obviously, because there's so much, but the thing that was really presented to me was obviously there's one where there's a big shift that you're doing in your life and you've already been doing. And I think you've, like, I think this whole quarantine situation has really been your pivot point maybe. And so that was huge. And then the other person, one of the, like the woman that we met, like that was interesting to see how her complexes had already been shifted for like by your father so that bringing you your mother so that that's not a complex you need whereas Mm -hmm. like obviously that complex is still living on in a different ancestral line but I don't know I don't know if this is making any sense it was just a really interesting realization can you word it better (laughs) yeah so one thing that has always stuck with me from going down to Colombia and working Mm -hmm. with ayahuasca was they said if you get like scared or if you're overwhelmed the the best place you can go to is remembering that the work you're doing is not about you it's Mm -hmm. for the next gener next seven generations and the last seven generations yes so when you're doing this work that's why people say for all of my relations that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and that you. yeah (laughs) and that's so big guys like to realize that I had no idea that's what I was doing on my healing work for I was doing it for me I never planned to have kids maybe I will who knows but I was doing it for me and for the people in my life that would be around me but mm-hmm. when I started getting really spiritual like when especially the schizophrenia thing was where this first happened where um, I switched schizophrenia from you know a mental illness to basically being a medium Mm -hmm. and being open to energies and being able to heal with energy and doing all of that and when I made that pivot point my grandfather came to me and he was schizophrenic in his um when he was alive and I never met him but I'd always been really connected to him I think through that and he showed me my generations to come and how they were not well, first he showed me my ancestors and how they were all free. He was free. They were all free. I had freed them all. And then he showed me the seven generations to come and how they were all not only free, but they were healers and they were healing others with this gift and how I was the pivot point 
by making the decisions I made by exploring the different avenues that I explored in order to heal in the way that intuitively felt right to me. Mm-hmm. And that was so big. And we all have gifts in us from these things that we see as curses. And we have that ability to be that pivot point. And that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your greatest pain, it's the alchemy, right? Your greatest mm-hmm. pain can become your greatest gift. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. Like with the, my, with all the borderline stuff and, and the yeah. severe depression, I think that that's what gave me the ability to hold space the way I learned to hold space. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I feel like, I think we're all empaths. I don't really, I just believe all humans are. Mm -hmm. Um, Even people that are sociopaths that lack empathy. I think they're just choosing to use empathy in a different way. But Mm -hmm. we're just all sentient beings. That's just my belief on it anyways. We can all have different beliefs. But I think empathy really gets developed and gets honed by challenging experiences where you're put in a situation where you don't feel good. And then when you're out of it, you're aware of how that made you feel. And so you look at the world through this lens of like, I don't like it when people treat me this way. So I never want to treat anyone this way. And I am hyper aware of that. So I can see it when anybody's treating anybody that way. And I can feel it because you have that lived experience. And the more kind of stuff we accumulate, I think the deeper that becomes. And I think people that have depression are some of the most like empathetic beings. Yeah, I fully agree with, um, <laughs> you know, scientist Jim Carrey. <laughs> I, uh, I fully agree with Jim Carrey when he says that he thinks that depression is the body's way of saying like, I'm tired of pretending. Mm. I can't keep living yeah. under this like yeah. control of this mind that is, for lack of a better word, disordered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no that's a really good point yeah because you're, if you're living in that fear state if you're in a fight or flight you're telling your body that it needs to pump out cortisol mm-hmm. and when your body's pumping out cortisol it, it, it can't produce things like melatonin it can't produce things like oxytocin it can't produce human growth hormone so all of your blood is going to your extremities then your internal organs aren't being as protected as they should be you have no energy left for your immune system. So the whole thing just gets exhausted. Yep. And it's crazy how that can all link back to boundaries and being able to set that firm boundary around yourself in the world. Because when you think about stress, the root of stress, of course, there's high stress situations you can be in where your life feels like you're in danger. And then there's the PTSD that can come from that and carrying that residual trauma with you everywhere you go. But there's also the stress of living up to expectations and caring too much about what everybody else thinks of you, thinking what your mom says, your friend says, your boyfriend or girlfriend says, like thinking that all of those things are more important and more meaningful than your divine truth and Mm. fighting so hard to, to keep everybody happy and to please everybody is really stressful. And that kind of thing can create, like, if you don't put up your boundaries between yourself and other people, that can lead you down a really dark path. Yeah, I had something come up into my head. Oh, I can't remember. But it was, it was good. I can't believe I lost it. Sorry. Oh, yes, I found it. Um, I think a lot of that, um, that type of a lack of boundary comes from the fact that our culture has love that's conditional. Mm -hmm. So if you grew up feeling that you needed to earn your parents' love by either like performing, so like getting high grades, then you would get praised, then you would get told that you were like love and worthy of love enough. Or if it was like, man, I remember like, and still to this day, and it's, it's their own programming. I understand their fear, but like the idea that I need to stay with a job that has a good pension mm-hmm. and it's like, well, look at how fragile that system is. Yeah. Like, look at what's happening right now. Am I going to have a pension? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So 
what's the point? And like, you see so many people, this is kind of going on a different tangent, but like you see so many people work their entire lives, hit 60, retire, have a heart attack. And what did they work for? What was all that work for? Yeah. Did they like it? Did they want it? Was it on purpose? Did they fulfill their dreams? What about their seven generations? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about what's going on right now. Because I think it's like that asshole that owns Amazon, Mm -hmm. like donated money, like $2 million or something. And it's like, he has like billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Why are you sitting on all of that? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And we better not be praising him for <laughs> Yeah. For giving well, a penny of what he has. Yeah. It's it's exhausting to watch. And like it's not a bad thing that he gave two million dollars, but it's like why does one being need <laughs> more money than you could spend in a hundred lifetimes? Yeah. Wow. And there's people dying everywhere. And like, this isn't just about the pandemic. It's like all over the world, this money could be being used for something. And for some reason we're hoarding it. Um, And it's that, it's that whole thing of like what we perceive to be successful. Mm -hmm. And it really all comes down to worth. Like, am I good enough now? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Do I have enough, 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 enough? Like, when is it enough? (laughs) yeah yeah never like that's in like you wonder that's the thing yeah like when you're coming from a place of insecurity you're never gonna feel satisfied I remember when I had an eating disorder and I needed to lose another pound another pound another pound another pound and it was I was never skinny enough the skinnier I got the fatter I looked to myself and I remember when I was trying to quit my eating disorder and recover I remember being like but I'm not skinny enough and if I don't get skinnier then when I'm a healthy person, you know, I'm always going to have that feeling of like, I never got to my goal weight. And I remember just having to let that go and be like, well, first I tried harder and harder to get to my goal weight. And then eventually I was like, okay, I have to let this go. I am skinny enough. Like this is enough. Like I don't want to live like this anymore. And I had to let it go. And it's funny Because even now, years later, I'll still sometimes look back. I do have that feeling of like, oh, I never got skinny enough. And then I'm like, girl, stop. Like, stop. Like, it's okay. It's my lived reality was, it was eating disorder enough. Like, you can feel it. What do you need to be enough for? Like, what, where does that come from? But it's Mm -hmm. such an enough for who? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Who are you trying to please? And what are you trying to prove? Mm -hmm. And if if there's anyone in your life that has those requirements get them out yeah and if that person if it's your internal voice that has those requirements where did that come from Mm -hmm. who where did that come from you know I remember having the first time I ever like my first memory of myself is I think I was three or four and I remember just looking in the mirror and thinking about how ugly I was and I was just like looking at my face and I remember crying and being like how am I gonna live through life this ugly Like, this is going to be really hard. I'm so ugly. And it's so bizarre to me, first of all, that that was one of my earliest memories of my life because that just shows how far back that kind of belief system was ingrained. But I wasn't born into this world any less perfect than any other being on this earth. And Mm -hmm. even though it goes way back, that was conditioned into me somehow. Maybe through my own mother not being able to appreciate her own self. I don't know. I was really young. Like as an, as I grew up, I, you know, things got very clear what the conditioning was, but I don't know what happened when I was that young, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like, I feel like we're all just a mirror and we are all of our, us. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you can choose which pieces you want to keep and which ones you don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And remember to often look in the mirrors that reflect back the truth Mm -hmm. instead of your insecurities or instead of the limiting beliefs because every now and then you're going to get a close person to you reflect back something about yourself that you don't like but if that's all you're getting from a certain mirror stop looking in it yeah and also remembering that like it's like a choose your own adventure choose your own truth 
if you want the truth to be something really dark and negative and depressing, that's okay. Like that can be your truth. Maybe there's a reason you want it to be that way. That's fine. I know that was my truth for a long time, but if you want your truth to be something else, like if you feel like you're fat and you, you don't want to feel that way, then change your truth and it, (laughs) your belief will change. And it's, it's just about deciding within yourself what you want to feel and how you want your reality to be. Like sometimes we're in a place where we just need to feel pain and we just need to feel shitty and we just need to hate ourselves for whatever reasons. But when you're done with that, like don't, I know a thing for me when I was depressed and when I had that eating disorder, the big thing for me was always feeling like I was lying to myself when I was telling myself that I was worthy or that I deserved to live and things like that. I always felt like I was lying to myself. And now in hindsight, that was just me changing my truth and just know that that's not a lie. There is no like definite truth. Everybody has their own. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their own. And I think that's such a good point to make about like, choose your truth. Mm -hmm. Choose your truth. Because as I've said so many times in this podcast already, I think that there are more than one truth Mm -hmm. and that they're all false. So have fun. I mean, don't, don't think I I can fly and then jump off a building. That's not what we're saying. That's not how this works. That when it comes to, I have value and worth just for being, that's a wonderful truth to hold on to. I can change and grow. Beautiful truth to hold on to. I deserve someone who knows how to love me. Beautiful truth to hold on to. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my current truth that I'm trying to hold on to is I like to read. <laughs> I'm trying to read all of the books I've ordered on Amazon over the last six years mm-hmm. that I have not touched. Yes. So great of an opportunity to read. Yes. Why I've been. She picked the book up. I've been reading. I know it's funny too. It's funny when you when you notice yourself like scrolling through Instagram, and it's like, why am I doing this? I never used to, so my phone used to be really shitty and I just didn't really like going on the internet. So I didn't have Instagram. I had Facebook, but I didn't really use it. But now um, I think I ended up having Instagram for um, my website. I have a blog slash store. Um, And so I made an Instagram for that. And now I have like a personal Instagram and oh my God, now I like go on Instagram way too much. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. but you should um promote that <laughs> a bit. um it's just well fuck I'm not good at promoting myself yes I am that's an yeah. that's a false belief yeah <laughs> that's it. not right my truth <laughs> um yeah it's called planetdaisy.com is the website me and a couple of my friends have a little shop where we just put our creative stuff it's on Etsy called planet daisy co but yeah you can find it at planetdaisy.com as well And I have my, I'm actually most excited about something that I've done in this quarantine. I've written many, many poems over the past couple of years, but I consolidated them all and formatted them and made them into a little poetry book that is online and not actually a book. It's a web page, but one day I hope to make it a book and publish it. But if any of you guys likes poetry and feel like reading basically my diary of the past two years, it's on planetdays.com slash poetry. If you like reading yeah. some poems. Yeah, yeah. and Brianne's poems, uh, she doesn't toot her own horn nearly enough, but they're incredible. Mm. They're really beautiful. She's got a way with words. <laughs> Thank Gemini. You. Libra. Okay, do you have any Gemini? No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You've been saying this a few times lately though. I have, you know what it is though? I'll give you this. Okay, I have a, my dragon's tail is in Gemini. So yeah, that's what it is. And your and your know. dragon's tail, your self note is basically what you came into this earth with, like what you came into this earth really freaking good at. Like you mastered this in your past lifetimes. So Gemini. Mm-hmm. That makes sense yeah. in that way. Yeah. I don't understand my Leo tail then. Like am I good at like am I charismatic? I I'd say you're charismatic, yeah. 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 And like you're very attention? outward. Yeah, I'd say, like, not in a bad way, but I'd say that you do, like, attract attention to you, and you're very, like, yeah, like, outgoing, and you can tell with with your aesthetic, like, you really present yourself to be noticed in some ways, and (laughs) and I would also say, like, 
you know, other qualities of Leos. Leos aren't just like center of attention, right? Like they're very, very giving and they're always trying to go out and help every single person. Mm -hmm. And I see you doing that a lot. That's just like a natural thing that you do. Yeah, yeah, truth, truth. And then I've got, I, I fucking love my North and South nodes. Me too, dude. Fucking love both of our North so and South nodes. Yeah, Aquarius be I think Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. It well, sense. it just makes sense for both of us, right? Like uh, everything in my story is about freedom and finding freedom in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like that's such an important thing for me in this existence. And that's yeah. my North node. It's also my rising sign. So, and all I want to do is fucking help people all yeah. the time, no yeah. matter what it costs me. But I'm working <laughs> on that. <laughs> Calm down. Let people Trying carry your cart, your baskets. Yeah. Remember to help myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's funny. You ask for help, and then the universe offers it, and you're like, No, 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 no. I've got this. No, no, no I'm, I'm fine. Really, I, I know that's such an interesting complex, right? I always like have this weird thing I do too, where if someone offers me help, I'll say no, and then I'll be like, I'll. I'll still weirdly pat myself on the back I'll be like see I let myself be asked for help or something it's my way of not helping and trying like not getting help and trying to praise myself anyways because I'm like trying to not be helped if that makes sense yeah so strange yeah we could do something fun um and like energetic can you think of anything yes let's both pull tarot cards okay at the same time and we'll just um Fuck it, we'll just do it because we want to. So yeah, okay, I'm in. I'll be back. I'm gonna sage a bit. What are you thinking for spreads? I just kind of want to do like a, uh, like a double, like a dual reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would like to have the same spread and then see what we both get for a similar question, just kind of like almost collectively. I just think it would be fun. Yeah, I mean, this part doesn't even need to be in a in the podcast, but. I did accidentally already like do a spread. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But, do you want to tell me what it's about? Um, I just asked the universe. Maybe we won't even. I I'll do another spread. But um, I just asked the universe for some guidance about what's going on right now, and it gave me the Fool, the Seven of Pentacles, and the Three of Swords. And then the reason for answering, like the underneath card, was death. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And what's crazy is when uh, Broden did her um, reading yesterday mm-hmm. that she just put up, same, like very, very similar. Mm-hmm. The Seven of Pentacles, right? And uh, then yeah. Three of Swords. Three of Swords and the and Fool. fool. And the Fool just kept showing up. Wow. Over again. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm also pulling a card from my Sacred Rebels deck. I'm just going to pull one though. I'll use the Amenti Oracle, Jennifer Sodini. Fuck, I love her so much. Okay, I'm going to read this because I think this is a good way to open up this reading. So the card that I pulled from the Sacred Rebels deck by Alana Fairchild is um, it's called Softly, Softly, The Tender Touch. I'm just going to read what it says because I think this is a really good um, little inkling into the time that we're in right now. And I'll explain the imagery a bit. So you can see this beautiful goddess-like woman and she's crying. And she's covered in white light and she's breathing out white light. And it's a really pretty photo. I don't know if you can see it, Jeff. It doesn't do it justice. Beautiful. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. So what it says is the feminine wisdom of gentleness can assist you now. When we are at a point in life where we want to attain greater things, but don't necessarily have a proportionally greater supply of energy at our disposal, it is time to work smarter rather than harder. This is the way of feminine wisdom. This is so in line with the death of the masculine, you guys. However, a cultural ignorance of the feminine way currently prevails. We are generally taught that the more force we use, the more we try to make things happen, the more we will achieve. The feminine way is not about force, nor is it about driving, striving, pushing, or grabbing at what we can in order to create. It is about inviting what we wish for to come into the space we have provided for it internally and in our lives well that's I like that this Mm -hmm. method cultivates more energy causes less stress and attracts what is desired it is manifestation by invitation rather than by will or force it continues to go on but I think that's a good introduction I'm being told to stop there that's 
I have so much masculine in me (laughs) that is really like struggling to let go. And I'm noticing it a lot in this quarantine, but I've been really working to, I've been really working to (laughs) even my vocabulary, but I have been (laughs) practicing slowing down. And with my creative projects, I've been giving myself breaks and I've been maybe not giving myself as many breaks as I should, but I've been trying to take time off from creating and things like that, trying to have a balance. And I love that idea of rather than pushing and striving and going and getting something, creating a space around you that is open and inviting to receive. Mm-hmm. That's like reality transurfing. Hmm. You don't ask what you can get from the world. You ask how you can help the world. And then you prepare yourself to be open to help in whatever way it asks. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I never do my decks this way. I usually wait and let cards fall out, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm being asked to split the deck and just pick the top three. Okay. I never feel that way. So this is interesting. It's making me anxious. Don't worry. I'm not worried. I want to talk a little bit about the death card while you do that. So I got the death card in my reading is kind of the intention behind why I'm asking this question. And when you look at death, it is that surrender and that letting go. And in that way, it can be a little bit more like that. I feel like kind of more like that feminine energy where the the in breath is the will and the kind of what we were talking about earlier with the breath work, the will and the going out and that forceful, I want to do this and I'm going to do this. And then the exhale is like that letting go, that surrender that death mm-hmm. and then the in birth in breath is that rebirth again and the cycle continues and I think as a collective we're a bit in that death right now obviously there's a lot of that yep. going around um unfortunately I'm for it so uh, what are you what, what do you get? got going up oh man uh <laughs> I got so for the oracle card that I pulled it's really really beautiful actually and it's when we're talking about so I heard a previous podcast it was a uh, Damien Eccles and Duncan Trussell's podcast. Mm-hmm. I was re-listening to it. And he says, like, the Bible says, in the beginning, there was the word and the word was God. Mm-hmm. Well, our words and our speech and the symbols that we use help to create a reality. So yeah. that intention that you use when you're speaking is God. And uh, I got, I speak with good intent. Hmm. Which That's I think beautiful. is very important right now how we treat each other how we talk to each other yeah for the tarot cards i got the ace of wands in reverse the devil Mm -hmm. in reverse the chariot upright and then the son of swords also known as the uh the page of swords okay so that's fun um i don't so do you know do you have much insight into those cards i uh just reading it says for the the ace of wands in reverse it's an emerging idea lack of direction distraction and delays which is maybe this reading is just for me <laughs> that's how I feel um what are you feeling about how your cards are working together like I'm trying to look at mine and see what their relationship is and I'm wondering I'm what yeah I'm trying to see like if our cards are together like if we are we are one big reading or if we're two separate ones I think we're two separate ones just because this feels very like about me because mm-hmm. I have been distracted I have felt something like trying to emerge out of me yeah. but at the same time like That's with also, that devil in reverse yeah yeah I'm like trying to let go of these limiting beliefs right I'm trying to let go of these things that are holding me back but those are the distractions from the emerging idea and then we've got the chariot, which is control, willpower, success, and determination. So it's like, yeah. And then we've got uh, the page of swords and the oracle card is the I speak with good intent. So we know that swords is about communication. And I don't really know what the page of swords is all about. But. So all of the pages are kind of that like new kind of like zest for life kind of energy. Like they are young and ready and let's go do this and swords are usually also represent kind of like the challenges in life and so this energy is kind of like coming up to life's challenges like ready to take them on it's kind of the vibe Mm -hmm. I get from the page of swords Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen this chariot card much but it's 
it's mm -hmm. gorgeous and that it has the the moon the sun and a pentacle yeah yeah it's pretty gorgeous so that is a really nice illustration yeah the chariot's an interesting card to pull because it's kind of the card that i have <laughs> is that it has a black horse and a white horse and they're both going in opposite directions and it's kind of like you have these two different directions that you're going in. Likewise with my seven of pentacles, where there's a man in a field having to decide between which path he's going to take. And it's not necessarily with the chariot. It's not necessarily about choosing one or the other, but getting the two to work together so that you can actually go somewhere. Because if you're, if there's so much chaos and they're going this way and that way, you're never going to get anywhere. And it's kind of about coming together, collaborating, and figuring out how to how to bring both of those pieces together as you grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just realized I made a mistake. It's not the page; it's the night. The night, which is kind of similar, but a bit more. I think uh, what I did, the description I just read was he or she who dares will win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the night's a little like the page has a bit more of an innocent energy. And like the page is quite naive. So they're like ready and excited, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to succeed. It's like, it's just that birthing point, you know, the moment the seed breaks from the soil kind of thing. Whereas the knight has a lot more, yeah, they're, they're a little bit older. They're, there's a bit more force to them, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, which is good because I need a bit more force. But like this, this speaks probably to a lot of people but it's really like screaming at me to you yeah mm -hmm. I'm looking at this and I'm feeling this reading is for the collective the one that I did the central card is the fool here which is just a man that's about to walk off right off a cliff um <laughs> with his it, dog yeah it's it's this naivety um that we as humans have I'm getting that this is just what this card is representing is just humanity and how, you know, we may try and act like we know everything and we think that we know everything, but we are, we are, we're just, we're little babies and we don't know, we don't, we don't have the full picture of what's going on. And so it's like, there's this innocence and this kind of like, there can be this like ignorance and this stupidity if you get too attached to that humanness and like, you forget that there's more outside of you. The other cards, um, the Three of Swords is obviously, it's an interesting card. It, it's a card of, obviously, in the suit of swords, it's like those challenges and the, and the hardships of life. But it's kind of like this culmination of pain. It's, it's a huge amount of pain and the release of that pain. So it's not like, it's like the process of the release. So what we're in right now is that's, squirming, breathing, kind of, I don't want to feel this, but I'm feeling it and like letting that out. And I think what we're going to need to be doing in the following weeks is really just like fully feeling our emotional state and fully letting it move through our system so that we have room for this following card, which is the seven of pentacles, where you have a path to choose. So you can choose the path that you know, that's comfortable, that you've always done, or you can choose this other path. And you don't know if this other path is going to be successful or not. You don't know if this is the path you're going to be on forever. But there's, there's like this hope, this promise, there's this newness to this path. And by clearing out all of the pent up emotional stuff, you're going to be able to find the clarity that you need to, to make an intuitive decision about the path that you're going to want to take following mm. this quarantine. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm getting. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. I love how much the fool has been showing up in mm. different readings. When I, I think one thing I just realized is I pulled three cards mm -hmm. and then I put them back and did shuffled again and did another reading and I think that's why I'm seeing a reading for myself and I have a feeling the reading that like first came out I didn't feel like I was resonating with so I put it back in but that was probably the collective mm -hmm. reading because I had I know the seven of wands was in there yeah but um when I was shuffling the tower kept like you know how like sometimes you'll just see the same card over and over yeah. again while you're yeah. shuffling yeah and the tower was just like I'm a tower I'm a tower I'm a tower yeah. I'm a tower which is that <laughs> big 
release that breakdown yeah and that's the tower is an interesting one too because the tower is like it's bigger than the three of songs songs swords where it's like it is and it is like the absolute complete collapse of an aspect of your psyche or of your entire psyche it is huge it is devastating there's so much resistance before you actually let that break down but that breakdown is essential for the death to take place and the death is so important if we're going to be reborn into a greater version of ourselves and yeah that feeling of death like that fear we have of death we don't like we only think when we think of death I think we we really just think of like death in the physical form but we go through so many deaths in our lives and the more graceful we become with that with that dying process the easier it's going to be the more comfortable it's going to be it's funny my poetry book is actually um I ended up breaking it up into the cycle of death the journey that I went on in the past two years it was I really broke it up into the birth uh the resistance the death and then the rebirth of self and that's really been a theme for me over the past few years and now where I'm at in this rebirth phase I'm really being brought to look at death over and over and over again and become comfortable with it and I think this whole quarantine thing is also an aspect of that we're being forced to look at death in a way that we don't typically in our day-to-day lives unless we have traumatic things happening it's like the collective is being forced to look at it did something right yeah right when you said we're being forced to look at death the the three of wands popped up but it's like a reflection card like you're being oh, forced yeah. to look at something about yourself and I was just like, that's funny cool. yeah. the universe yeah yeah brought to you by the universe yeah exactly exactly no I love that I think I just think this at least our culture is really separate from death just look at how we shove elderly people into old folks homes I think that gives clarity enough at our relationship with death um you know or like you know the standard for a job is to give like three days of leave when somebody dies and things like that. it's like but not if they're friends and not like only immediate family like yeah. we don't have this respect or this understanding for the cycle of life and death and there's a big fear around it and I think that fear needs to be overcome so that we can grow at the rate that we need to be growing and on that note there's like another aspect that's even more like well I mean the emotional realm of death is very interesting to navigate but like on an environmental factor like yeah we pump bodies full of horribly toxic chemicals to keep them presentable for a funeral and then we go put them in the earth where do you think that the like all of those chemicals are going we need to stop but first we put the body in a box so that it takes a very long time for it to actually return to the earth Mm -hmm. yeah a box that we pay a lot of money for i swear to god if i'm not put into a mushroom suit i'll lose my mind i'll be back to haunt the fuck of everyone Okay, I'm gonna have to make sure of that for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I would have a raft. <laughs> and she was an Aries in her waking state, guys. So yeah. I'm gonna go get my roomie book because he's asking me to. But you keep doing what you're doing. Sniffle some rooms. Yes. Witchcraft 101. I'm just over here lighting my couch on fire. Don't worry about it. Don't, okay, got it. <laughs> you're like, okay, won't worry about it. <laughs> okay gonna pull for the collective oh man okay (laughs) that good eh so we got um the god loki also known as anzus uh signals in the messenger room but it's in reverse so this is great um (laughs) you may be concerned over what appears to be failed communication a lack of clarity or an awareness either in your past history or in a present situation you may feel inhibited from accepting what is offered a sense of futility of wasted motion may overwhelm you remember however that what is happening is timely to your process if the well is clogged this is the moment for cleaning out the old reversed this rune says consider the uses of adversity Mm, I like that consider Mm. the uses of adversity 
So um, Rumi says he gave me a poem called The Wall. I haven't read this one, so we'll see how it goes. It says, a man could hear beyond a boundary wall the murmur of a stream. He heard the call of running water. Now he longed to quench his thirst. His hands began to grope and wrench. Loose the wall's topmost stones, which he then threw into the stream. First one by one, then two by two. The sound the stones made as they sank into the water were like wine he drank. With gratitude, a sort of substitute for water of the stream. It was a flute to his ears or like thunder bringing rain to make the desert verdant again. This sound of stones on water wove a spell that seemed to free the damned from chains of hell. And every stone he dislodged brought him near the stream of longing. Its message was clear that God has said, prostrate yourself and pray, break down the walls and barriers so you may come to him as the thirsty come to drink beyond the wall. So now approach the brink of his eternal stream whose waters speak and give the seekers nourishment they seek. That to me just says lifting the veil, which is what mm-hmm. I feel like is happening. Mm-hmm. Just Can that, that water running. Yeah, breaking down the, lo- the layers of the ego in order to reach that divine sense of self and eternal love. Well, cool, you guys. I hope that gives you something for whatever you need. Yeah. Or if not, thanks for tuning into our chat. (laughs) Um, We did it. We did it. Is there any last words that you want to say or try and channel, Jessica, before we make like a tree and leave? Have like split. (laughs) That's a banana. Um, I remember one time I was trying to make these out and I asked someone, someone was like, make like a tree and leaf and make like a banana and split. And I was like, Let's make like a camel and hump. <laughs> okay. Like, Oops. Uh, <laughs> like, you know when it just leaves your face before you've gotten a chance to build it? Yeah, yeah, it leaves your face. That's my channeled message for everyone. For the quarantine generation. Make, yeah, make like a camel and hump, folks. It's time to create the quarantine babies. Oh my God, please don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Not the baby boomers, the quarantiners. What do you think they would call them? The corn. I think it's the quarantines. The quarantines. The teens, yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. Enjoy the world. Ah! What's happening? <laughs> should we, should we... I just had an expression of. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ah! I don't know. Um, last words. Uh... <laughs> what just happened? I feel like there's something that needs to come out of me, but I don't know what it is. Uh, like, I want to say it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Even, even if it's not okay in the way you thought it was going to be. Yes, dude. Letting go of the expectation. Letting go of what you think something's going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And being okay with what it is. Yep. And join that breathwork session, alchemyofbreath.com. You can register there for free on Sundays. And should I stop recording? Yeah, bye guys. Thanks so much for listening.